0: Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 7 of Naked Data Science, the number one podcast on leading data science projects and teams in the real world. This episode is going to be a little bit different. We got our first audience question about data scientist maturity model. To answer that, Nima and I talk about why it is important to avoid simplistic labels of maturity, how to measure competencies, the two natural ways to give feedback to data scientists, and the four key factors for creating development opportunities for your team. Enjoy! The question is, are you guys aware of any data science maturity model? And if so, can you talk about it? We kind of know about a few of them, but then we have a feeling that this is not what the original question was pointing to. So then we went back to the person who asked the question and asked for more clarification. It turns out this person really wants to know how we can use a data scientist maturity model so that we can give better performance feedback to individual data scientists and also set feasible and achievable learning outcomes or development paths for the data scientists. Some first thought?
1: Uh, yeah, I have to admit I hadn't talked about data science maturity models a lot before. I know about the best practices that exist in software engineering and I think they have their pros and cons. Uh, on one hand, they're useful to maybe make people aware of the set of uh, best practices uh, that exists out there that successful teams employ, although on the other hand, the order that they're introduced or the set of uh, b- best practices that are decided on sometimes give to ad hoc or maybe two generic solutions about uh, what defines the maturity of the team. And In the end, I think it's important to think about what is useful about having a maturity model. When it comes to individuals, I don't know about specific non-maturity models, but I would be hesitant to draw a lot of very hard lines and putting maybe labels and the spaces between those lines when describing individual data scientists. What I mean is that there is a very wide set of skills that could be useful and applicable in being a good data scientist it's very difficult to kind of put the groups of them in different levels and decide on having this many levels and then label people as being on level two or three on the other hand it's definitely again useful to know about the set of skills that are out there different expertise and maybe a specifications related to those skills or competencies and what is out there for data scientists to learn. It's a bit philosophical, Mm -hmm.
0: right? Because any kind of maturity model, basically you you say, okay, these are the X levels, but then that's not how I naturally think about things. Mm -hmm. right? I tend to think about things in terms of continuum. So then we can say, okay, from a certain aspect, this is the low end of the, the, the spectrum, and this is the high end of the spectrum, and, and where people stand. We have done the exercise in our team once to lo- to just look into the different dimensions of data scientist competency. One thing we noticed is that there is also not a sequence in terms of where a specific data scientist develop which aspects of competencies first. So then I would say any kind of data scientist maturity model that try to touch at least multiple aspects of a data scientist's competency yeah. or skills, it's very hard to say, okay, yeah, you need to reach this level mm. for all the skills before you can progress to the next. I just don't think this is how it works in reality.
1: Maybe in some way, any set of skills that you have give you a set of tools in your toolbox as, as a problem solver. There could be a lot of combination of these which allow people to be effective problem solvers, or there could be a different range of problems that people might be able to solve. and it could be effective to uh, look at or measure maturity or effectiveness of data scientists in terms of the range of problems that they are capable of solving in terms of the complexity of the problems that they are able to solve and the amount of impact that they are they are capable to make there are of course clear differences in, in complexity yeah? there could be tasks which are easy to solve with one person on a laptop maybe after three days. And there are tasks which need to be carefully broken down into uh, related sub-problems that could require maybe ten people uh, to, work on, uh, to work as sub-teams on those problems and then connecting the result of those uh, into one uh, whole solution. Of course, the people thinking about or leading or designing solutions for on, on these different levels definitely require different levels of capability. That could be, for me, a useful way to, to think about maturity and, and capability.
0: I think there are at least two aspects of it because the more complex a problem, the more likely it is novel, so something that at least in the organization you have not solved before. That means being able to deal with more uncertainty, both in terms of the problem space is much more ambiguous and uh, also the potential solution doesn't seem to be immediately obvious. Mm-hmm. And there's also another aspect which is kind of implicit, but still worth mentioning, is that the more complex a problem and the more potentially impactful it is, the more likely you need to kind of get different perspectives. People from different disciplines, maybe not only from other data scientists or software engineering, but from sales, from marketing, from other part of the business. In order to solve those problems, you kind of need to be able to get people from all these different disciplines to effectively build on each other's idea towards a solution, or even to start understanding the problems from different perspectives. I see at least these two perspectives. So linking to individual data scientists, well, we have seen in our own teams, data scientists developing these competencies and gradually being able to solve more and more complex problems, etc. When you think about what we see there, what is a common pattern you see? What is a common theme behind people that start developing towards these Maturity.
1: It's really individual and personal in, in one way, because it also depends on the starting point, at least at the point that they join our team. For instance, there are a lot of profiles that come from a more software engineering background. Uh, there are some profiles which are more into maybe statistics and haven't done a lot of programming beyond writing scripts in R. All of these people like to develop uh, and work as data scientists. In that respect, I think what is a clear or a good indicator of uh, people maturing is their estimation of uncertainties, their estimation of complexities, their seeing the big picture of solving a problem. In the end, most of the time, it is measurable as well in the success or failure of the projects that they were leading or they were involved in, or the problems that they were responsible for. Another, I think, very good sign of uh, seeing development and maturity in data scientists is seeing how much they become on top of their work and their data, how skeptical are they about their work and and, and their results, and how confident and comfortable they are in talking about the data and the insights and and, and the models that that they present.
0: I think a kind of like a lazy business rule of thumb is saying that how confident I am giving a task to a data scientist, and then I can go away and without checking in for a month and then come back and we'll see a good solution to the problem that we agreed to solve. Of course, these kind of cases are quite rare and a lot of times also, especially how fast business moves nowadays, you kind of don't want to leave everything to chance, at least at the beginning, but then I would say a, a one month mark is a nice, mental model or rule of thumb to check.
1: In the end, you should be able to measure maturity from the outcome.
0: Going back to the original question and the motivation behind it, I think we kind of cover the how to assess individual data scientists, right? We talk about the framework we use, the mental model we use. We also talk about the simple rule of thumb. How about using these to give better feedback to data
1: scientists? Well, I believe effective feedback is in the end feedback that helps them be better problem solvers. It is really a specific again from case to case. You need to start with some form of estimation you have about how good the problem solver they are and what range of problems they're solving and given that I think the feedback would be just based on the the performance
0: and I also think that there are at least two channels of feedback one channel of feedback is if you look at their work as black box or how they do it then you say okay at the end can they solve the problem or not which is what we mentioned earlier now there's a second channel which I personally enjoy but then I might be really biased and this definitely applies to smaller teams where even you you are you can still be reasonably close to the actual problem that you are solving which is if you just sit together with the team member and both of you try to solve a problem together both in terms of a natural channel of you being able to assess how this person think about problem-solving and also a good opportunity for you to give feedback because a lot of times when you sit down together with a data scientist trying to solve a real-life problem you Find a lot of natural opportunities to point to certain things that the data scientist could potentially do better in terms of problem solving. At least that is something that worked out for me quite often, and I usually feel that I have a pretty good idea of how good a data scientist is at solving problem by sitting down with that person over a one-hour session, trying to solve some problem together.
1: Especially if you have good trust between you and your team member, and you're comfortable sitting together and looking at the uh, details of maybe even draft code or, or the first script somebody is writing. It is the most effective way in getting an understanding of how people are thinking, what level maybe they are approaching the problem, as well as, as you mentioned, providing the feedback that is hopefully useful for them.
0: I think you naturally see this more when the team lead or somebody working with a data scientist also come from a data science background. But then I would encourage that it doesn't matter what your background is, you shouldn't feel intimidated at all to do this kind of stuff because if you are leading a team, you probably have pretty good context about the problem you're trying to solve in combination with some good problem-solving thinking already adds a lot of value to any kind of discussions or brainstorming sessions together with the team, right? Just don't feel intimidated, even if you don't come from a data science background. Try this out. I think it's, uh, it's pretty good.
1: It's a good exercise, maybe sometimes especially for people who are a bit farther from uh, technical data science work, to sit and talk closer about the problem with their data scientists. Finding that level of communication itself is is a good practice, but then it's always a good practice also for uh, for you to talk about your work, describe your work, and explain uh, your thinking behind something, even if it's just for your own benefit of thinking more clearly about things. In doing this with your data scientist, a very good mental model is, again, black box thinking and maybe applying black box thinking on different levels as well. So so if your data scientist has an original problem and can describe to you in an understandable way that I solve this by solving these three sub-problems, you have three new black boxes to think about and and look at and maybe even just a connection between this. One of the most useful exercises which uh, a lot of people often miss is Just looking at some specific results out of a data science work together with your data scientists. If you're producing data about different products, different items, sometimes just sit together, pull up a bunch of samples and and together take a look at them. If you see something is popping up at the top of a list you're making, you can look back into why it is there together and try to explain it. So there's there's a lot of room there for Non-technical people, and maybe a good exercise also for technical, more technical people to think on this level together uh, with their data scientists.
0: Yeah, I think there, if you got it right, it's super powerful. One thing you might need to consider is in how you communicate that to the data scientists, how you set the expectation. So, if especially when you are the first time doing it. You really don't want to come across as, well, let's look at your work, and uh, you know, these are three cases, I found out that it doesn't work. That we definitely don't want.
1: The best attitude there, I think, is we're a team of problem solvers looking at this thing together, and it's the responsibility of all of us. I mean, if I'm leading someone, I'm, I'm responsible for their work, and I honestly like to get better results together with them.
0: The last motivation behind the original question, being able to set feasible and achievable learning outcome forward slash development path for individual data scientists. How would that work, given everything we just discussed?
1: It's definitely a mix of what skills do they already possess and what levels of performance they have on on those skills, from technical skills to just interpersonal skills, communication, and and so on, everything that we we talked about, as well as where they want to go themselves and what kind of data scientist they they want to become. Of course, if they don't have a really good idea, there are ways to guide people into what maybe you, as a leader, think uh, is a good place to be for a person, also judging based on their natural capability. The next learning goal ideally should be something out of their comfort zone, but achievable. It really depends on the case. Maybe sometimes for somebody it's better to get better at something. They are an average Python programmer, and they can, let's say, solve the same problem three hours or five hours faster if they get more hands-on or if they, if they know their tools better or if they, if they can program just better. There are people who are excellent programmers but maybe can improve in thinking more end-to-end about the meaning of the work they're doing and analyzing the result of uh, the work they're doing and getting interested in the context of the output they're generating, or maybe just even get better in basic statistical understanding, hypothesis testing, or a statistical inference and estimation. It really depends, I think, uh, on the person. It's good to think about the set of skills that are out there, and also a bit about maybe different levels of advancement, although it's again hard to necessarily draw a line to say this topic is more advanced than this uh, other topic, but it's a very individual case.
0: I think a pattern I have seen work out quite well is some kind Kind of mentorship. Data science is a very broad field. There are countless tools you can use, there are many different things you can look into. And a lot of times, when you link to the solving real life problem part, what each business and even each team in each business face is quite relatively specific things. And also, in order to make data science work effective, the context, the constraint you are working with, usually are quite specific to each organization. So when you consider this, if in your organization you can find a kind of like a more mature or more natural mentor, someone who has been there, who has solved a lot of problems in the business, if you can find someone like that to give feedback, to give mentorship, to look at problems together with the more junior data scientist, however you want to define it, I think that's a quite natural way of helping data scientists reach a higher maturity level.
1: What do you think? I think if, again, the trust and the relationship is there and the the mentorship attitude is there, it could be the most uh, useful way to to develop yourself. One aspect that can also be helpful here is if you as a lead try to make learning part of the job. For instance, if your talent is working on a specific project, there's a chance for him to maybe spend two days in, in the six weeks that he has to get more hands-on with a specific tool that allows them to apply a method for the first time, which is useful in that project, you need to do that. And maybe a bit more demand from the leads is that it's great if they can be proactive in, in doing this, uh, especially when more junior people join your team. I think it's very helpful if you try to find problems that are small enough for them to solve, uh, effective for them to get hands-on with something, or improve themselves in something and make a learning.
0: Now you mentioned it twice. Trust and relationship. You mentioned that as long as the trust and relationship is there. That is such an important thing, right? Because a lot of things we just talk about can come across totally different, even threatening to data scientists if the trust and relationship are not there. It's one of those things that we actually spend a lot of time and energy building in our teams. This goes all the way from our way of working, but also in terms of how we set expectations for our team members. What is your thought on that?
1: I think it's a huge topic. Uh, it's probably one of the key decision makers in success of your team. It's very complicated as well. It's, it depends on maybe sometimes just the people, the individuals that are there, but definitely also depends on the values and principles that you have in your team, the team culture that you have, and how you personally uh, interact with your team. What are your goals with respect to your talents? And what are the expectations of talents from you? and it's crucial and needed for moving forward and for success. And without it, the rest really doesn't matter much.
0: Yeah, I think it's a bigger topic that deserves its own episode. We have covered all the three motivation behind the original question. Following the tradition, if we give one practical advice, that the audience can apply tomorrow, what would that be?
1: It's a tough one this time. Maybe related to maturity models and measuring capabilities and maturities of people. One advice I have is looking at the track record of people when it's available to you. Of course, you look at potential, you can look at people's CVs and their claims, but when when it's available to you, I think being data driven and looking at the track record of people and the set of problems they solve and their approach towards them is very valuable.
0: That is a really good point. Cool, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Just one last thing before you go. If you are not a data scientist yet, but want to become one, you should really attend our webinar. We will demystify the transition into data science. We'll show you the most effective way to build your skills and we will advise you on the four possible options you can take to go from where you are to landing a data science job in as little as nine months. Find out more at nds.show forward slash webinar. That is nds.show forward slash webinar. All right, that's the end of this episode. Have a nice day.